see trees of green, red roses too. I see them blue for me and you. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. Virgin Valley Artists Association welcomes you to the Art Box. Recorded in beautiful Virgin Valley, Nevada, and sponsored by the Virgin Valley Artists Association. Our association has something for everyone. Come and get creative with us at 15 West Mesquite Boulevard, Mesquite, Nevada, and find us online at mesquitefineartcenter.com. Hosting today's episode is Rochelle Knight and Steve Dudrow. Let's go have some fun. Welcome to episode six of the Art Box podcast. Steve, what have you been working on this past week? This is episode six already? It is. Holy moly. We're marching along. Wow. I have had quite the month in that I have been the artist in residence at Capitol Reef National Park in Torrey, Utah. We're staying in this beautiful house. It's called the Brimhall House. And they almost tore it down a few years ago, but then they decided they would start using it for the artist in residence program. It has three bedrooms. I have an office upstairs where I can edit all my pictures, which I've taken about, we're getting towards the end of the month, I've taken about 25,000 individual pictures this month. Uh, What's the memory space for that? Um, Well, when I came back down to uh, Mesquite for a little break, I had to buy another eight terabyte drive. (laughs) Wow. Because so, I filled one. No, I didn't fill it with eight terabytes, but I had already had some on there. So um, it's, a, it's a lot. And I've slept in the, uh, the bed in the, um, in the Brimhall house. It's wonderful, except I'm mainly staying in Betsy. You know who Betsy is. Betsy is our forerunner. Um, I'm mainly sleeping in the back of Betsy to out all night taking pictures. But it's been a wonderful time. The, uh, the folks there the rangers, the guests, the visitors, the other volunteers are all really nice. I've had a really wonderful time. And Entrada Institute, which is the nonprofit that sponsors the Artists in Residence program, they've had music almost every weekend. They had blues, and we've just had a really good time there. So, yeah, it's been a fun time. And I finish up on, um, let's see, we're going to publish this on the first and I finish up on the third with a um, presentation at the Robber's Roost, which is this really cool building that Entrada owns in Torrey. And that'll be the end. Awesome. So tell everyone, in case they don't know, what is involved with being an artist in residence. The artist in residence has to give back to the park something. Okay, so if you were doing it, so to speak, if you were doing it, you would present them with an acrylic painting at the end, and they would hang it somewhere, probably in the visitor center. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, there are um, musicians, and they provide music. Okay, for me, and the reason I got this was um, there's way better night sky photographers than me. Okay, but I take um, um, time lapse, Sue who was the superintendent of the park, um, she chose me. I think it was a three-way tie 
for the night sky photographer artist in residence for 2022 she chose me because she wanted a time lapse okay and if you don't know what a time lapse is is you take well for me I take about a thousand 20-second exposures of the night sky over the course of an evening and then I put them in a video so if you look at a night sky picture and you'll see the Milky Way rising and going out of the frame so that's a night sky which I've seen a few of them and they are amazing I've gotten a sneak peek of have a few of them so so now you'll present that as part that's what you'll give back is presentations of your videos is that right yes i'll give them um, that mp4 of the video and maybe they'll play it in the uh in the visitor center sure the other thing i had to give was um i had to do you have to do one presentation one campground presentation and i've done two Okay, and, and they're a blast, and I work, I, I've, I've worked on it pretty hard, but I, I work to make the audience um, be part of it, and there's a lot of kids come to these things, so like um, one child, I, I ask for volunteers from the audience, one I give the sun, so I have this huge ball, and that's the sun. Okay, so they hold it, hopefully they don't throw it away. And then I give out an earth, and I give out, I give out a Moki marble as Mars, and then I give a little ball that's the moon and then I give a couple photons out anyway so the kids go back in the audience and they sit with these balls and hopefully they don't throw them away and then I bring them up on stage um, to do demonstrations of the sun and the moon and eclipse and the earth spinning and, and things like that so I try to make it fun and it's really good it's good for me right so I hope they enjoyed it as well so that that's what the artist in residence has to get Rochelle, it's your turn. What have you been doing this week? Well, nothing quite as fun as what you've been doing. I finished my paintings for August, which uh, the theme is Abandoned Places. And every time I finish a painting, usually it's kind of stressful uh, at the end, trying to get done, trying to get it varnished and the backing on. And and I'm always squealing in five minutes before they're due. But at that point, my studio is a mess. And my brushes are gross. I have paint everywhere. Um, and so it feels really good when I finish a painting to come in the next day and scrub and clean. And so that's what I did. I rearranged the desks that I have in my studio. I rearranged a lot of the canvas. I like clutter and I actually feel really comfortable in clutter. It's kind of a safe thing. And my studio is definitely very cluttered. And I have a million bottles of paint that I always leave out. And so they're just in a big pile by the time I finish. So anyway, that's what I've been doing is cleaning. <laughs> And that's fine. Now, I look at your phone over there, and I see there's a painting on your phone. <laughs> there well, is. Well, not really. There's just a lot of paint on your but there's, phone. I don't know how I do it. I come home. I was even just cleaned, and I came home covered in paint. My steering wheel is covered in paint. My face will be covered. I have it in my eyebrows. Yeah, so, I'm a mess. No, you're a painter. <laughs> you're an artist. That's true. I look like one, <laughs> literally. And we have an exciting episode this week. We have Chris Pishore. Now, Chris, I've only met Chris, I think, in December um, when she hired myself and Rochelle as co-webmasters. 
I, I don't can you hire a uh, a volunteer? <laughs> I'm not sure you can <laughs> hire a volunteer, but but she bought us on as as co webmasters, which has worked out very well. Chris was president for two years, and she actually saw the Virgin Valley Artists Association through some very tough times um, through pan through the pandemic. And, and she did a great job, and obviously the association has landed on its feet. We welcome Chris Bichon. I've known Chris for a couple years, and we've become really good friends. And she has had an amazing life. She's a very talented artist, very sweet, very caring about others. I thought it would be nice if she started out just telling us about her life and, and how she came to be a mesquite and, and maybe when she started being an artist. Wow. I grew up in New York City and I started drawing when I was very, very young. I loved botany and I loved drawing. So I would go around and get these little poly noses. Do you know what poly noses are? They fall off the trees, the oak trees and, and the maple trees in uh -huh. New York, and I would plant them, they're seeds. And I would watch them grow, and I would sketch them as they would grow. Oh, that's great. Mm. And when I went to high school, I took a lot of art lessons. I ended up at 16 going to Washington Square in New York City and sketching people's faces, you know, just for fun and handing them the pieces of paper. And, oh, that's great. You know, if I got a dollar, that was fine. If I didn't, that was fine, too. But it was... You know, it was Hippieville, and I was having a whole lot of fun. I always wanted to work in art, but my first job was in Ace Publishing Company in the art department, and then I saw all the salespeople coming in with all these wonderful clothes. <laughs> Maybe I need to change my profession a little bit. Then I got married, and my husband was sent to Vietnam, and uh, before he was in Vietnam, on his way to Vietnam, I should say, I found out I was pregnant. So that killed all my career for a while. And when my kids were, let me see, I ended up having three kids, and we were living in upstate New York, Boonville, which was the only place I thought the kids should be brought up. It had a little gazebo. It had American flags on the gazebo. We went in the, in the fall, and it was beautiful, and then it snowed, and it snowed for six months straight. <laughs> so at one point, I was in a car accident. Oh, let me go back a little bit. I was always into yoga, doing the, the physical type of yoga, the movement of yoga. and. One time there was this woman who I went to, a yoga teacher, and I was pregnant with my third child. I had two really, really rough pregnancies. I was pregnant with my third child. And this woman said in her yoga class, how would you like to stop worrying? And I said, if you can make me stop worrying, I'll listen to anything you have to say. So she gave me this book written by Swami Muktananda and I took it home with me, and I read the whole thing, and I said, I want to meet this man. I want to know everything this man has to share. I ended up going to upstate New York, where he was coming in. It was a big deal. He was going to upstate New York. 
And right before that, one of his people came. And, and this person was not a Swami, was just one of his devotees, and he gave a program. And this was really interesting because I left the kids home with my husband. It was a two-day program, and I had to drive about 40 minutes to get there. I go there, and we did the program, and he came around, and he did what you call Shaktipat. He gave me Shaktipat, which is spiritual awakening. I came home. My husband said, what happened to you? And I said, I don't know. He goes, well, I want it too. So he came back with me the next day. And we both were really, really interested in, in this happening, what was ever happening to us. And finally, the big guy was coming from India. And <laughs> we awaited him in upstate New York in the Catskill Mountains. He came in by helicopter, and we all went around, and we got to, you know, say hello. And he asked me what, where I came from, and I said, Christine. And he asked me my name, and I said, New York. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like something I would do. Yeah. <laughs> and my creativity was, was just exploded through this whole thing. The first... The first real session I had with him, it was called an intensive. It was a two-day intensive. He came around, and what, it, what, what he would do is touch you in order to awaken the kundalini that lies dormant in the base of the spine. He came, and he touched me with the peacock feathers on the head, and he touched me in the third eye, and light just exploded in my head and just went down throughout my whole body. And then I fell into meditation for about two hours. I woke up, and my back was so sore, I could hardly even move. And there were probably 300 people in the room. And he came to me and put his hand, put his thumb in the back of my head, and all this heat flew down and took my backache away. It was an amazing experience. I w walked around like that like the top of my head was cut off for about two months. Then we went back up to see him. And we go down the Darshan line to see him. And he looks at me and he hits me with the peacock feathers and he goes, the honeymoon's over. Which means, okay, you've had the experience, but now you have to work for it. So that was really amazing because I thought I was just going to sit at his feet and live at the ashram for the rest of my life, right. which didn't happen. So there were a lot of creative people at the ashram. I don't know if you know Julia Cameron. She wrote a book about art and how to keep the creativity going in art. She was one of the people who was there at the time. And then, of course, there was Eat, Pray, Love. Right. Yeah, she was there, too. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it was very interesting. But So how do you think that affected your art later on? And, and does it still? I, it, I think it does because I really do have to meditate on what I want to put down on the paper. Interesting. Yeah, we talked about that uh, in a previous podcast. That I, and maybe maybe most artists do that. I, I spend a lot of time, eyes closed, even yeah. just in front of my easel, just thinking, thinking, and rearranging in my head. And, right. Yeah. Right. Sometimes I just have to go lie down. It gets so overwhelming that I can't figure what I'm going to put down on, on the paper. And with a gourd... I will place it in front of me and get a glass of wine and look at it and say, and say tell me what you want to be. Right. 
Yep. Yeah, and it comes. It comes. Does it change its mind after two glasses of wine? Um, what it wants to occasionally, be. Occasionally, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it, it does sometimes have a mind of its own. So I know that you spent some time in India after mm-hmm. this period that you're talking about. So how did, tell us about that. Oh, India was amazing. India was absolutely amazing. I brought my three kids. They were 11, 9, and 4 at the time. And I have a couple of stories I can tell you that are really funny. One is we all would, would have darshan with the guru in the courtyard. And it was built like a hotel. The courtyard was in the middle, and then there were three stories that went up. And, you know, the kids were little, so they ran around the top of the courtyard. The, the meditators got really upset. They went, they went to Baba. They said, you got to make them stop. you got to have the mothers take care of the kids. So Baba said, okay, you all have to take care of your kids. And we all got mad at him. But anyway, we took care of the kids. We, you know put him inside during the time we were, we were outside. And um, th- then he said, I want only the best meditators to raise their hand. This was about a week afterwards. And you could see them trying to be so humble. And they would think, well, I'm really a good meditator, so I'm going to raise my hand. So, you know, you can see one raising his hand and then another. And now he's hand-picking them. He's going, you, 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 you. And he goes, Okay, if you're good meditators, you can go out to this house in the country and be on the top floor. And there'll be no noise out there. You'll be all by yourself. You can be on the top floor and you can just meditate all day long. So the mothers were still really upset. And a week later, he puts the kid's school underneath them. And then he says, if you're really a good meditator, this isn't going to bother you. You can handle this. <laughs> he had the greatest sense of humor. That's pretty good. It was like living in a different world. And it was how long were you there? A total of about two years. Wow. Not all at the same time. but Now, do your kids still remember it? Oh, yeah. Do they? They do. Yep. I have one who is, you know, pretty much adheres to the Hindu faith. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, not totally, but I mean, that, that would be her fallback. But from what she learned in yeah. India. And the other two still talk about it. They know about it. They. Oh, that's great, because, yeah. you, you know, uh, what a powerful thing, and it probably changed the direction of their life. I think it to did. To have something like I that as did. a child. That's really cool. And yeah. your husband was with you? No. Okay. My husband was supposed to be with me and, and come in the end and all go home together, but that didn't happen. Okay. So tell us about the different kinds of art that you do. I try a little bit of everything. I started out, believe it or not, in watercolor. And I did some really nice watercolor. I apparently have forgotten how to do watercolor at this point because (laughs) I can't do anything. I picked up gourds after a while. I tried um, clay. Oh, neat. But it, it was really hard for me because my shoulders were sore and I couldn't hold, you know, I couldn't throw a bowl. Gotcha. So it was pottery and not it was sculpture. Pottery, pottery, yeah. Okay. I did the flat um, with the hand building. The hand building. Uh-huh. I did that. I had some, some pieces of that. But then I got into acrylics with some a group of girlfriends. We would sit around and drink wine and you know have a picture and everybody would do something and it would be a nice afternoon. We do that once or twice a month. Oh, awesome! So your own little paint nights. Yeah, it was that was really fun. Then I got into doing gourds. 
So tell us about that. That was very expensive. Was it? <laughs> well, and maybe explain what that even means, because I think maybe a lot of people haven't seen your gourds before. Well, a gourd is a vegetable. It's like a pumpkin, except it gets very hard on the outside. It gets a very hard shell, and the inside needs to be cleaned out if, you, if it's going to be open. If you're just going to do the outside of it, it does not have to be cleaned out. Okay. But there are spores in it, and you don't want to breathe them in. You have to use a really, really super mask. So the spores are inside, or are they part of that? that out They're inside. Okay, interesting. And I tried cleaning them myself, and, you know, I've cut myself numerous times, so I try to get them already pre-cleaned, but that's not happening now because nobody wants to clean them. Well, how, how do you clean them? Do you just make a little hole and <clears throat> you, scoop out? Yeah, but some of them are big. So you cut a hole where you want it in the top, and then they have this ball that you put into a, um, a drill. And you have to get a good grip on it and, and drill all this stuff out. While you're and not breathing. Yeah, well, yeah, and it's, it's all over you, all over the outside. I mean, you can't do it inside. Sure. And here you have to be very careful about the weather. Oh, because yeah, it would probably affect... in the summer you have to go out really early and really disturb the neighbors because <laughs> it makes a lot of that. noise. And in, in the winter you have to, have to go out later when it's a little warmer. Sometimes you can't go out at all. So let me ask a dumb question. I know you're going to say, Steve, all your questions are dumb. <laughs> but why not just leave what's inside inside? You can if you don't open it. But if you open it, then people are going to be breathing those spores, okay. and it's, it's very unhealthy. So if you don't open it, does it can it have a, like a rattle? Are the seeds still in yeah, there rattling? Yeah, that's, that's how the natives used to make their rattles oh. out of gourds. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Chris was president for two years of the Virgin Valley Artists Association. And can you tell us a little bit about your time? It was, it was very interesting in the beginning. I started in January, and by the middle of February, we're talking about COVID. Right. And okay. COVID happened. And we shut down. And this was just right when you're getting your feet right wet. Right when I'm getting my feet wet for three months. We, we shut down, well, until May. I think that was the first time we opened up. We hung February's art show, and then nobody saw it until May. And it was, it was crazy. And, you know, a lot of people left because of that. A lot of people left because they didn't want to wear masks. And Which wasn't the gallery's choice either. I mean, we were no. just following. It was a city building. The, right, so following all the different protocols. Like, well, that's what the mayor wants us to do. Right. So we did it. And then things started to gradually change because there, there were so many people unhappy there. Right. And it was good that. They left. Right. It was really good that they left. New people came flowing in. People who had been there before, people who got tired of it before, they came in and they started volunteering. And we have such a great group of people. Of course, we never have enough volunteers. Right. Never, ever, ever. But we have a whole lot more than we had before. And so many new ideas. I mean, thanks to Steve, we're, we're doing this, and, sure. and Rochelle. We're doing a podcast. I didn't even know, I hate to say this, I didn't even know what a podcast was. I'm embarrassed, I didn't really either. <laughs> I mean, I knew what it was, but I had never listened to any. Yeah, I thought they were boring. I didn't want to listen to a podcast. Yeah, so. I didn't People want to People listen to them something. all the time. Yeah, they, they do, yeah. 
Well, I know even Dottie, who's a who's the current president, she is a potter, and she listens exclusively to podcasts. I think in her car and wow. you know, definitely when she's working. And yeah. wow. So how long were you a member of the gallery uh, before you came president? Not long. I didn't think so. Not yeah, long. I thought you were pretty new. Uh, it was probably around a year or so. Okay. Yeah, so what's your number? 106. Ooh, okay. Oh, really? That yeah. Beat, that beats you. Okay. I'm 214. Really? Yeah. I'm 583. 106. <laughs> You're a puppy. <laughs> I may have joined early on. Okay. And then got out of it for a while. Sure. Because I was working for the non-smoking thing going on in mm -hmm. Mesquite, which consumed all my time. Right. Another activity that Chris is a part of is the impact, so the Mesquite Public Arts Council. And how long have you been part of that? Since it started. And it also started, like, in January of, um, oh, of COVID. 20. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> Everything Not off January to a great 20. start. We had one meeting, and then it was closed down until July. Wow. Yeah. Then the weirdest thing happened. We got this grant, and we had been talking about covering the electric boxes. And we found this wonderful artist <laughs> who donated her, her art. Uh, her name is uh, uh, Rochelle <laughs> King. And she did a marvelous job, and they are now all over Mesquite, and everybody just loves them. Yeah, we've gotten a lot of really yeah. good feedback. I have personally, it's been great, you know, for me. Good. I, and I think for the city, I think that my personal take is Mesquite is probably known, A, for a stopover mm -hmm. between St. George or Salt mm -hmm. Lake to Vegas. It's always just a stopover in between. And, and then a gambling town. And I think impact, and please correct me if I'm wrong, is trying to not only beautify the city, but, but give us another part to our personality. And so we're, we're gonna be an art community as well as these other things. That's so, exactly so we're a what real we want. community, kind of a mini Sedona. We wanna establish an actual art community here. Right. In Mesquite and just keep keep it growing and growing so people will look at us like another Sedona. Exactly. Right. Yeah. I think that's great. What projects do you have coming up with Impact? Well, we're looking to find um, some branding. I guess that's what we're looking to find right now. And we've lost a lot of people. Um, From the committee? People have moved, yeah, and have gotten sick. So we have to have new people appointed. and that. All well, hasn't happened yet, so we don't have a quorum. So we're waiting until probably November. Oh, to meet again? No, we're meeting uh. next week. But in order to be able to get anything done, we need to have a quorum. Okay. And we need to start looking for more grants. So then if someone was interested in being part of that, what, how, how would they get in contact with you? Or Is that how it, it would work? Or they would you, are appointed you by... Um, city council. Okay. Each city council will appoint someone. And so, do they know the person? Do they come up with that idea, or do the people seek that out? Well, it's a little bit of both, okay. but they they do what they want to do. Sure. They're going to appoint who they want to appoint, okay. and who they know, and who their friends are, and this and that. Okay. Yeah. And then tell us about the grants. Well, the grants are pretty much the same. They're from you know um, this the National Arts Council, uh -huh. and the grants from the state, 
Mm-hmm. They'd pretty be, much be the same as the art gallery gets. Okay, and then but there is some specific to downtown improvement. Okay, I was just going to say that. Yeah. That do they all have to go towards? Can they go through for different programs as far as classes or anything, or is it for the actual city? That would be for the city. Okay, it would be for improve, improving the look of the okay. city. Okay, just wonderful. So yeah, and aside from the uh, art boxes that you did, we have we have purchased several statues. Mm-hmm. And where can people see those? If you walk along the walking path, do you know where that is? Near the library, is that right? By the library. Mm-hmm. And so it'll, they'll, they're spaced along there. Yeah, and they're is that beautiful right? sculptures. Just take a walk down that walking path and you'll get to see all the new objects, objects darts. Okay, don't touch them because they're probably really hot right now. Probably really <laughs> hot right now. And then maybe you suggested maybe there might be some mural projects down the road. Is That's that, what we're hoping okay. to do, yeah. Which would, I think, elevate us even more as far as, right. I know you talk about a walking downtown, and I, I think that kind of, that would add to that. Right, and colors. I think a group is trying to put a First Friday together. Yes. The, that will be great. The Love family, I believe, yep. is, is thinking of doing that, and I think hopefully they'll get it going in the fall, so mm-hmm. of course when it's not hot, and yeah, right. I think that'll be really neat. Right. Chris, tell us about your favorite artist or artist. Oh, two come to mind. My favorite for years and years has always been Van Gogh. Okay. I can see such emotion in, in what he paints. And just, you can see his heart being poured into the canvas. Right. And his pain. And his pain, yes. yeah. Yeah. And the other one that I really like is Gustav Klimt. He... When I saw the kiss, and I saw the kiss in Austria, it really, literally took my breath away. It was so, it was it was two people embracing, and just you could feel the energy between them. Right. It was really beautiful. And I looked into his history. Interestingly enough, Van Gogh always sort of painted that way. He, he had a certain style, but Klimt, was very precise. I mean, it was like a picture-perfect picture when he first started, and then he moved out of that, and he's got into the gold and the, the, I guess modern. I don't know if you would right. call it modern or, or postmodern, but right. it was beautiful work. I think it, it's interesting to follow a different artists, and I, I think we both have said previously that we want to get freer with our right. art, and it does seem a lot of artists. Picasso. Oh my gosh, his early work I was know. so amazing. And nothing, it wasn't cubism, and it was pretty, very traditional, but right. beautiful, realistic. And I think you do see a lot of artists where mm-hmm. they probably do, you know, what I do and, and have a lot of anxiety about getting things perfect. And I think as you grow, right. you do get a little freer. And Right. I, th- I think good. that's the process. You have to get it perfect, and then you can move on. Right. And you then you know realize, you can do it. I don't need to make a perfect people can understand what it is without right. you know, all these different details. And I think and it's sometimes those details take away from it. I do too. Mm-hmm. I do too. I think that I saw a picture one time, and I don't know who the artist is, but it was of this tree. And if you look at it, there were all these animals in the tree. Interesting. And with very, very, you could sit and stare at it for hours, picking out the different animals. Wow, that's really cool. And they probably weren't like you know, right in your face. No, like you, you had, had to, to look study for them. it. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. That would that would to look be them. quite the technique. Right, 
Right, it was great. Tell me about your art truth. And what I mean by that is, I mean, it, it could be really broad, but what does your art mean to you? What do you hope that, that people see maybe when they look at it? What inspires you? Yeah, just right. that kind of stuff. What, what I basically, yeah, what does it mean to you well, in your heart? My art is very tight. I guess I would say very precise. Mm -hmm. What I really want to do is grow out of that a little bit. Okay. My main objective is to have people have a reaction to it. That's how I know when I like a piece of art, is when I look at it and it's like, hits me someplace. It's right. like, wow. And sometimes it's not positive. Sometimes it sometimes, can be yeah. a lonely feeling. Or, right. right. But it evokes a feeling. Yes. I love doing people. I love doing faces. I love doing animals. I don't like doing landscapes. Right. Yeah, because animals and, and people have, you can see their you personality. See, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and often when I, when I do something, people say, oh, my God, I got such a such an emotional feeling out of that and that's what I wanted right I don't think there's very many you know better comments for an artist to receive it's, yeah and I, I think another one is that your art is recognizable someone would to look at it without even knowing and say wow Chris did that right. especially your gourds I think well the gourds yes I don't know that my other art is recognizable because I'm, I'm continue to develop a style right and you used different mediums and, right you know that's going to show your style I think a little bit differently right right uh, one of the mediums that I've had the most fun with, and and actually someone even bought one of mine, is is um, the uh, alcohol ink. Oh yes, which is so difficult to work with. It it's is. Like I've tried it one time, and well, it's just out of control. Control it at yeah, all? You're trying to corral it. Yeah, and you can't. Yet. You just have to let it go where it wants to go and give it a name. Right. <laughs> and I am the proud owner of. I think is it the only one that? Oh, you entered two in the January competition. Yeah. The Fairies, Dragons, and Myth. And the, the, um, the one I have is, what I don't remember the, the title. The Druid Tree. The, it's a Druid Tree, and so it's, uh, it's really neat and very subtle, but there's, there's kind of old men. Faces uh, appeared faces in, in the there. tree. Yes, it, was, yes. it was really cool. It was one cool. of my favorite pieces. It's very cool. Now, are you still doing that? I haven't, and we have one coming up next summer that I was thinking of doing, Underwater Adventures or something like that. Oh, that would be, be beautiful. It would be great. We'll see. Awesome. We'll see. My... Um, my, my husband's daughter is a photographer, an underwater photographer, and she has some gorgeous oh, So you'll have a lot of material. So she gave me permission to use one or two of hers. Awesome. And, and I think that would be maybe a, a great class or a workshop that we can maybe bring in is to teach alcohol ink. I'm not sure if we've had that before. I have been begging people to do that. I Nobody would love wants it. to do it. Well, I, don't, I wouldn't want to even know how to teach it, but I would love to take yeah, that. I would love, I've taken a couple. And I, yeah, I know you have, is it over in St. George where yeah. you've taken that? Yeah, so maybe we could bring that in. That uh, yeah, we great. could ask her if she wants to come. That's yeah. a great idea. How do you handle mistakes and the critic in your head? Well, mistakes, I, you know, the, the mistakes I see, I can handle. Right. I can get rid of them. I can do it over. Sure. It kind of pains you a little to do that. It to, does. To get rid of your stuff. But it, if it has to go, it has to go. Right. What pains me the most is when I have worked months on a picture, like in colored pencil, work months on a picture, and I feel that it's really good, and it doesn't even get a nod. 
Right. I feel like I'm never picking up another colored pencil oh, again. That's I'm too bad. I'm going to do something else. I get over it, but it's like. Right. It's hard. It, it is really hard. And one thing I think with art is we are putting it on walls for everyone to see. And yeah. that's our heart and soul, a little bit of it. And we're yeah. hanging that for the whole world. And, and I think if, if it gets stepped on a lot at all, I think that's really, we yeah. really internalize that. I think I think we do, and some artists are more sensitive than others. I right. think you and I are a little bit Very more sensitive. sensitive. Yeah. Although I am coming around, I, I'll just bring up really quick. Uh, there was an article in the um, about the release of the first utility box that we uh -huh. did, and it was a beautiful article. He did Vernon did a great job, and it you know it went up. And I think within 10 minutes, there was a, a woman from Mesquite that wrote in a, a comment, and it was negative. And I have to admit, that day I just, yeah. I just crashed. But it was kind of my bottom. And now I'm working, and I realize everyone's art isn't for everyone. That's right. If, if we took a worldwide vote, we wouldn't come up with one perfect piece. And That's right. And there's definitely the, those that would rise to the top. But, you know, people have different tastes and, and things attract. And like you said, art evokes emotions, and it's going to be... A different emotion from you know right. your interpretation to mine, right? And, and so yeah, so I think that's that's really hard, you know. And same thing with with a judge, they're they're just people. Yeah, they have different interpretations. Yeah. They you know probably they have a lot of biases. We we all would. Do we right. like color? Do we like more landscapes? Do we like yeah. muted? Do we like the more washed out look of uh, watercolor? And so yeah, every time every because uh, just in, in listeners, if you didn't know this, but we have a, a outside judge uh, judge each competition and mm -hmm. so it's a different person every, every time and so and you can kind of see when you when you get the list of the winners you can kind of see right kind of their biases I right. think but yeah so you mean my hundred dollar bills that I keep giving to the judges <laughs> They're really for naught well I guess I know that now anyway uh, and Chris so um, do you have a breakthrough piece the breakthrough piece was when I was younger, and it was this um, little picture. It was of a stream, and it had trees, and I brought it into an art gallery. And Where was this, in, in, in this New York? This was in, uh, when I was living in Florida. Okay. And the, no, actually, it was upstate New York before I was pretty young. And I brought it in, I framed it, and the guy there said, that's a really nice little piece. Oh. And it just made me feel so good. It's like, I think I should do this all the time now. Right. Kind of, a, I think of those as like a launch pad. Yeah. And just that affirmation. Yeah. Wow. And my stepson, or my son-in-law stepped on it and wrecked <gasps> it. Yeah. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. Oh, but no. that's Again, okay. Again, a little piece of your soul was there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's hard. But it was a, definitely a breakthrough piece. Awesome. How do you fight the urge to obey the rules? I don't even know the rules. <laughs> I guess I should know <laughs> the rules you know a little I think more. that's better. I think because that makes you freer. Yeah. Um, I learn as I go along. You know, I take, I take as many courses as I, as I can. Sure. And I learn more rules that way. I learned, um, oh, a great rule about doing eyes is that you always have to have the little ant walk underneath an oh, eye. Oh, the, the lighter? No, the, the oh, space the where the lashes grow out of interesting and they call it an ant walk i'm like yeah that makes the eye look a whole different way right and probably more realistic. so i guess that's a rule so now sure. i try to obey it sure <laughs> well now how do you feel about when you when you do take a course or watch a video online of how to do something do you feel afterwards i i'm just speaking from personal experience that that i feel constrained 
because, oh, this is how you're supposed to do it. And that I have that in my head where I like to just play by myself yeah. and come up. And a lot of times I probably come up with the same techniques that I, I would yeah. have learned, you know, a year ago yeah. if I had watched those. Do you, do you have any feelings towards that? I try to use some of the techniques, but some of them don't, don't work for me. Right. And sometimes it makes my art worse. And I'm See, thinking. and that's what I have. And I, I think then I get whoever's teaching the course, they become a critic in my head. Yeah. I, I think yeah. Um, they're judging me and saying, oh, my gosh, we already talked about this. You're not supposed mm -hmm. to be doing this. So, yeah, yeah. I, can, I can see that. And you learn. You do. You, you just learn naturally if you just keep doing it, I think. And I think you learn what looks best to you. But, you know, like um, I had talked about before that I don't like to use neutrals and I've tried yeah. and they just look horrible and, and, and I think I am probably neutral colorblind and you know really intense colors that's you know then I know I'm done mm -hmm. and so yeah I see. A final question? Don't have any questions for you this is wonderful that you're doing this I'm very excited I'm going to start listening to podcasts now yeah, yeah. but I would like to invite everybody to come to the Virgin Valley Artists Association we're at 15 West Mesquite Boulevard come and join our programs that we have lots of programs going on just come and see us introduce yourself ask for Chris or Dottie or Rochelle and or Steve and um, there are plenty of places to volunteer if you want to get involved in art somehow. Yeah, some really fun positions. Yeah. And, and these positions uh, allow you lots of opportunities to meet other people in the community that you that you might not have ever right. met. Right, right. So. And, and we'll, we'll post the uh, website, the URL, up on social media. Okay, good. Yeah. So, Chris, good. What's, uh, what's inspired you this past week? I was at the ocean. <laughs> what can yeah. I tell you? Yeah. That's my. right, Ponce Inlet, right? Ponce you see any Inlet. sharks? Did not see a shark, but I saw a new jellyfish that I had never seen before. Let's hope you didn't it, see it too close. Oh, there were a million of them. They were little guys. And um, someone took a picture with, with their camera, and it said what it was. It's blue, called a blue button. It's oh, neat. The intricate part of it was just so intricate, the stomach part. Uh -huh. And then it had all these blue, like, hair-type things coming out. Gorgeous. Oh, beautiful. Now, are they dangerous? So if you They will on not mud? they're not poisonous, but okay. they will irritate your skin. Okay. But they're teeny little guys. Worth it. But that was very exciting. And of course, the ocean is just what can inspire one more than the ocean. Right. All the colors and I I think a jellyfish would be good for the life under the ocean. Yeah. I think you have that now in your head and, and uh, you have a connection with it. Yeah. I think that would be great for next year. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll see that yeah. in next year's competition. You'll see a blue button. Yeah, a blue button. <laughs> Cute. It's a cute name. Chris, thank you very much. Thank you um, for having yeah, me. Yeah. It was really fun. And I just wanted to mention where we're recording this. We are at the Women's History and Culture Center. Uh, it's, a, it's all about women, and it's all about women getting the vote, and Jean Watkins and her crew have done such a wonderful job. Yeah, it's a really, it's a beautiful space. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, so, and probably maybe a space that others don't know about. Yeah, right. Probably not. There's, there's a big um, mural on the wall here about a suffragette getting the vote. Come and visit Jean. Jean, thank you. Jean Watkins. And um, it was a wonderful, wonderful, fun thing to do today. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, and we'll be sure to um, to put the Women's History Center a link up and, and some pictures. The mural's beautiful okay. out there. Good. That's the first thing I saw this morning. Perfect. Okay. Right, Chris, thank you. Thank you.
let's talk about what's inspired us this past week. The James Webb Telescope, and if, I, if it's okay, I'm going to go back a month. The pictures have been coming out a month now. James Webb, oh my goodness, they're amazing. They're beautiful. Yeah, and like the lights are just, just getting here 13 billion years later. Wow, it's incredible. Yeah, I, I reserve the right to have that inspire me as we move along here, if you're okay. Oh, I think that's amazing. Yeah, it's an amazing thing. So I think that's a really cool thing to have uh, inspiration from. Yeah, so our listeners, if you haven't looked it up, Google James Webb Telescope and, and just be amazed in the pictures. Right, and it's it's just mind-blowing when you really think back to what they're looking at. They're looking through into the past, and I, you know, I think just trying to comprehend some of that and the distances, it's just, it's mind-blowing. Here we are. It's the end of July in Mesquite, Nevada, and it is maybe 112 degrees outside. Yes. So what's, besides the heat, what's been inspiring you this week, Rochelle? Well, along with the heat, I'll just say, I actually sometimes like when it's so hot that, you know, we can't go hiking or anything because then it, it's almost like it it's a gift. So you can go paint or, you know, sit inside and binge watch or whatever because you can't really be outside. And so sometimes that's kind of freeing to me to not feel bad that I'm not doing something outside because I can't. And so now I can go paint and have no guilt and just really get absorbed into it. The heat actually for me, it sounds kind of weird, but uh, is inspiring. The other thing that's uh, inspired me this week is my mom had asked me to do a series of paintings for her, their bedroom. They're redoing their bedroom, and she is going to wait and see what the paintings look like before she you know, really gets into different colors. But she is making a quilt for their bed with pillows, and she's working on that right now. So she's got tons of different fabrics and colors, and she's starting to put it together. And so it's been really fun to see what she picked and let that guide me for the pictures that I'm painting for her. My inspiration has been just these amazing fabrics and their colors and their patterns and this given me so many different ideas of, of paintings that I can do. I'm doing a series is what I would say but they're not they're going to be very different very uh, different colors different flowers and so it's not going to run through to each painting they're all going to be very different but so it'll be exciting to see how they turn out and then uh, how they complement hopefully her quilt so that's been my inspiration. So that's so wonderful now are you allowing your mom to pick any neutral colors for her quilt? <laughs> no, she knows that I can't do it. So. <laughs> On to uh, next week. Yeah, episode seven. Episode seven. Thanks, Thank, Rochelle. Thank you, guys. Broadcasting from Mesquite, Nevada, in the scenic Mojave Desert, the Art Box sponsors thank you for listening. To find our next and past podcasts, visit us online at mesquitefineartcenter.com.